The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. It's time for another edition of Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Our topic today, who knew it would be me? Percy, you got to explain this one. <laughs> well, we're going to speak with someone today who basically, and we'll hear it in the conversation, that basically uh, experienced being a cancer patient. And her response to that was very interesting because she felt like it was an interruption in her schedule. <laughs> and so with that being said, that could be true for any one of us. Yeah. And who knew it would be you or I that may be sitting or may be sitting in that same situation. And that was definitely the case for this lady. We'll meet Kathy Lambert later here on the program in actually just a couple of minutes. So you stay with us on Health, Hope and Inspiration. Our resource this week, which we want to put into your hands and do so through our website, is Seven Things You Should Know About Cancer. And I have the author sitting right here with me of this resource. Percy? Yep. It's a great resource that we've offered, again, another tool to put in your toolbox or your tool belt uh, that basically gives, you know, seven things that people should consider and think about and know uh, with regard to cancer. For example, uh, one of the points that are being made uh, in this document is that cancer affects all types of people. Mm -hmm. And so we talk about the dynamic of understanding that cancer is indiscriminate and that it helps us to, to really widen our perspective around who cancer can impact, where cancer may strike, and understanding at the end of the day that everyone and all types of people are impacted by cancer. That's what this document will step through some particulars with regard to seven specific things that individuals should be aware of and understand about cancer. It's available at healthhopeandinspiration.com. With hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa. Cancer Treatment Centers of America takes an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have. The phone number, 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE, 4673. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. And you can learn more at Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Dot com. Before we meet our guest, let's uh, meet what the Lord has for us in Scripture. Let's eat from the Word of God and the bread of life found in Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verses 21 through 25. And it reads as follows as we look at this. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that brings that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Verse number 23 is our operative verse. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on, praise God, toward love and good deeds and not giving up, meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another 
and all the more as we see the day approaching. This is going to help describe the disposition and the attitude of the person that we're going to talk to today and hear why she volunteers her time to support cancer patients. You talked with Kathy as you were recently in Phoenix, Arizona at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And I remind you that spiritual support is provided as desired by the patient. But let's pick up on the conversation. Here again is our host, Percy McRae. Well, Wayne, with me today is Kathy Lambert, and she is a volunteer at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Phoenix, now for two and a half years, and also is a former cancer patient herself. So I'm really excited today to have someone that'll be able to speak from both perspectives of being a patient and now being a a volunteer supporting cancer patients. Welcome to the show, my dear. Thank you. Well, first and foremost, I love your look. I love your glasses. I love your hair. Very, you know, very uh, youthful and just kind of spunky. I think that there's a spunky energy about you, and I really like that. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Well, good. Well, you're, you're a volunteer. You volunteer your time to support cancer patients. But before we get into your volunteerism, uh, you also are a former cancer patient. What type of cancer did you have, my I dear? had uterine cancer. Okay. And as of today, you are clinically C- cancer-free? Cancer-free. Well, that, praise God for Amen. that. And so you really do have something to say about this. You've been there and done that and got the T-shirt to prove it a little bit. Uh, having gone through treatment and care, you are also a person of faith. You, are, you have spiritual, strong faith. And I would imagine that that was a big part of your journey and how you dealt with being a cancer patient. How important is and was your faith to your cancer journey? It, it was huge. I, I don't know how people do it without faith in God. Yeah. Um, it, it gave me an inner strength that um, I didn't always see in other patients, but it it gave me a whole opportunity to share. Okay. Um, to share the love of God and and mostly the love of the Lord. Sure. I didn't necessarily um, ask them if they knew the Lord. Yeah. I just yeah. you know, in but just about what's going on yes, with you. Yeah. And, and being positive. Um, there was one gal in particular that was just really struggling, and it was a real blessing to me to encourage her and share some books of faith with her. Okay. And, um, so it, it it was tough, but... Yeah. Well, what's interesting about the statement that you made, and there is specific uh, research data that speaks specifically to the point, and we want to be clear that, you know, for the context of this conversation, uh, there are now studies that suggest that spirituality empowers people to be able to work through the rigors and the difficulties of cancer treatment. Uh, it, it helps them to, to be more optimistic. It helps them to kind of accept the, the dynamics of treatment where they're empowered to work through the process. And I know that there are a lot of people who like to have the conversation of faith being able to bypass a process of medical care. And we're not having that conversation. We're talking about going through the journey. And that's what I heard you say. And then to be able to be to model that. Because I think it's really important. Uh, Sometimes we confuse our faith from an evangelistic perspective that we've got to tell everybody uh, that this is what you need to do and this is what you need to have versus just modeling who God is in you and through you and letting that glow affect people. That's what you basically, I heard you say, as a cancer patient, um, 
What were some of the initial um, things that you struggled with when you were told that you had cancer? Shock, um, tears. Yeah. You know, I don't have time for this. <laughs> I have things this is, to do. This is just not on my calendar yeah. and my agenda for today. Yeah, you know. What an interruption. Um, it was. <laughs> and You sound like my mom. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, I don't have time for this today. <laughs> so, initially, I was, I was shocked. Yeah. And um, they told me it was stage one uterine cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, they found it in the lymph nodes, so it went stage three. Okay. Um, so I had six treatments of chemo, okay. um, three weeks apart okay, and it was about six hours long. So it gave me a long, I had a lot of time to share with and visit with people. Sure. And if there was nobody there, I was bummed. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so just good fellowship time after yeah, all. Yeah, really. Um, and also during this time, my grandson was killed in a car accident. Okay. Um, Sorry to hear that. And so, but I was still able to share. And one of the nurses, the chemo nurse, said to me, she said, because I had taken a whole pillow and a book and some things for a patient. And um, she was like, Kathy, how can you do this? Mm. But it was a strength, the inner strength and peace from God. And, And that really is the point that we're making again because I think sometimes some confuse faith in God as something that's going to deflect negative things from us. And the Word of God doesn't tell us that at all, quite frankly. As a matter of fact, that's exactly right. Though I walk through the valley of the Amen. shadow of death, I will fear no evil, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So with that, you've been there. You've done that. You've got the T-shirt to prove it. Let's transition into your volunteer work. How much of your journey... Uh, being a cancer patient, first and foremost, infuses the work of your volunteerism that you do today. Um, it's given, when I started, um, it was before I'd had the cancer. Right, so let's be clear. You were a volunteer before you were actually a cancer yes. patient. Interesting. Yes. So, um, and I and I loved it. I mean, I loved meeting people and sharing and praying with them and um you know, just getting to know them. And yeah. uh, so I really had enjoyed it. After the cancer, though, it's, I hate to say that it's given me more credibility, but in a way it has. Sure. And an understanding of what they're going through. Absolutely. Losing, yeah. just sharing yeah. with people. I, you know, there was one particular uh, lady that I would say, you know, the experience of, Losing your hair and sure. shaving your head, and wearing wigs and caps and stuff, and how you get through it. Yeah, I can't. Just... I can't share that experience with anyone. Yeah, yeah. This is all self-induced. Uh, what I have going on with my scalp, but I, I certainly didn't lose my hair, and I certainly wouldn't be able to speak to anyone authentically and organically about that. But yet, you you stepped down that path, so you certainly can. So it's just. Um given me a greater understanding of what people are going through because I was watching people taking care of families, working full-time jobs, coming here for chemo, and seemed like they were living a pretty normal life. Still taking care of their kids, going to work. And I thought, okay, so this is a bump in the road. Well, it was a little bit more than a bump in the road for me, Um, and it took me quite a while to get over it. But I have two 
patients that have been coming for some time that I've gotten really close to. Sure. And, of course, because they've been coming for some time, mm-hmm. um, the prognosis isn't the best okay. right now. Okay. And so I've been able to... Um, come in when I'm not volunteering and just sit with them while they're going through sure. chemo or okay. visit or bring them okay. things, you know, and oh. I, and I, and I love being able to do that. It's, it's hard to watch. So let me backtrack then because I appreciate you making the clarification. What motivated you to, to do volunteer work before you became a cancer patient with cancer patients? What motivated you to volunteer to serve and support cancer patients initially? Um, I had always wanted to volunteer in a hospital since I was a young woman. Okay. Um, I had a friend whose mother had volunteered in a hospital. Okay. And I just thought that was always the coolest thing. Okay. Okay. And um, I managed a cotton gin for 25 years, so wow. far from hospital work. Okay. 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 Didn't necessarily prepare you for that, did no. it? No. <laughs> and um, my family had been affected by cancer. Okay. And... Um, and this was actually the cl- the cancer treatment center is actually the closest to my home of any hospitals. Okay. So you said, "Hey, I'm gonna go yep. reach out and see if they yes let me in and do a yeah, few things." Exactly. And lo and behold, who knew that then you would become a cancer patient somewhere right. down the line? Wow, how ironic is that? Talk about having a plan that God has that we don't know anything about, right? Amen. So you're supporting cancer patients now, and you get and you made a reference to two particular ladies, which again, we're not going to get into any details about. But how um, how often, or is there stories or scenarios where you've been able to support cancer patients from a volunteer perspective, and you walked away, particularly being a woman of faith, and said, "Wow." That was a God kind of day today. That oh, was, amen. That was something that was yes. really special today. Let's talk about that without giving away any details. We want to identify anybody, but and let's inspire somebody, encourage someone today. Um, sometimes you just feel a special connection with yeah. people yeah. and not really knowing why. Right. Um, I mean, I do know why. <laughs> but, um, and with both of these these gals it was that way um we just kind of connected right off yeah and um and one in particular i can remember saying i think this was just a god thing Mm. um that we met yeah so in 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 doing that and in experiencing you know an unexplainable kind of god acquaintance or connection because you're right it, it happens in ways that you know, you never really see coming, and next thing you know, you go home and like, wow, that was that was a that was a real godlike moment. How has those type of moments impacted you now? Your post cancer treatment, uh, you know, one could easily say, well, yeah, she's seen it all, she's done it all, but you haven't seen and done it all. You're still seeing and experiencing uh, what God is doing, and people still right now by supporting and volunteering. How is that now impacting you? What is that doing for you now as a post-cancer patient and seeing God move in the lives of people? And you just happen to have the opportunity to know them and meet them. I just hope that I can be a blessing to them and encourage them in some way. Um, And usually I'm more blessed than I think they probably are. I hear it all the time. What you receive from uh, people when you serve them is far outweighs what you're giving. The strength that 
they have and and the will to keep going and um it's just amazing to me and i um I'm just so thankful that I have the opportunity to meet new people and and to encourage them sure. and and pray with them and um, share the love of Jesus with them. So, what is the one thing then? What is one thing that now today gives you hope? What fuels your hope? What drives you? I would imagine you've seen a lot. You've done a lot. Uh, you know. What, what 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 motivates you today to just continue on being who you are and what you are? The love of Jesus. How much he loved me. And I can't begin to um, thank him for that. Yeah, yeah. And so there's just, a, a I guess, a debt of gratitude that you feel that you owe and and you're giving that back now to everybody that you can. Well, and I feel like that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. I mean, we're supposed to share that love of Jesus. Well, we're and... supposed to, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we always no, do that. Yeah, yeah. And so with the with that being said, what's next for you? What's on the horizon? You still seem like you got a lot of gas left in your <laughs> tank. What do you think is coming down the pipeline? Um, what's next? Anything in particular? Um, I don't really. I'm open. To whatever God has for me. Okay. And right now, I think it's right here okay. at CTCA. Um, I love I love the people, and I love the patients, and um, I feel like right now that's where God wants me. Well, I believe that that's where God wants you, and I thank God that you, you found that spot and that placement, and may you stay there as long as the grace is there for you to do so. Today, we have heard from Kathy Lambert who is a volunteer now two and a half years at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Phoenix, also a former uh, cancer patient herself, who now is living to tell others about the hope and the faith of God and that tomorrow potentially can be a better day. We thank you for your service and your work, my dear. Thank you. Good to meet Kathy on the program today. We'll talk again with Percy McCray in just a moment. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and also click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Or you can contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. 866-712-4673. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. So Kathy didn't have time for cancer in her calendar, huh? <laughs> she basically uh, expressed, in some cases, how many people feel uh, as they're busy going on with their life and yeah, it's living. It's a shock to your system, it isn't is. it? Yeah. And she was like, hey, I don't have time for this. I just don't have time for this. And I think it, ex it expresses, quite frankly, how many people may feel because you're, you're not prepared necessarily to be told that you yeah. have cancer. And think about what she was going through um, during treatment. I mean, her grandson 
killed in a car accident. Yeah, she experienced quite a bit uh, of loss and, and tragedy while in the midst of her own struggle and journey. And yet, as we transition to hear the heart of this woman, the heart of wanting to serve, wanting to support. So, you know, even before she became a cancer patient, she talks about the desire, even as a little girl, of always wanting to volunteer at a hospital. How many people as a child had that as a childhood (laughs) desire? And so she starts volunteering her time reaching out to cancer patients with the love of God and, of course, as a Christian, and sharing her faith with those who were open to hear it. And then she's diagnosed herself with cancer. Then her grandson dies. So we have a very interesting lady here who then dug deep into her faith and allowed that to to motivate her and buoy her through her own treatment. And now that's what she's doing, and she's supporting cancer patients every day. Well, you can just hear the care in her voice, can't you? Well, she you it's obvious that she loves God and that she loves people. Uh, and when she begins to employ those two together, what she's doing is she's making a mark, as I often say, making a mark in the earth that can never be replaced and never be erased. She is making a difference right where she is, Wayne. Yeah. Have you talked to uh, people who are patients at hospitals and have they said much about the volunteers as they encounter them? You know, actually we have. I know at at, at, at our facility and within the, the, the Cancer Treatment Centers of America ecosystem, we have an, a very structured volunteer program there that allows individuals uh, from, without the, from outside of the community uh, to basically volunteer their time and also uh, to kind of pick and choose what areas of the hospital okay. that they would like to volunteer in. Right. So I know when I was there and managing the pastoral care department, we would often have many uh, people of faith that would say, I'd like to volunteer my time with the pastoral care department. So do you offer them training? We offer them training and an orientation. There's some basic things that they need to understand specific around uh, you know patient confidentiality. Reality. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they get exposed yeah. uh, to certain things that are going on to patients that you know cannot be repeated or shared, etc. So we provide them with an orientation. We, you know, obviously a uh, tour of the facility, and then we basically will assign them to a particular department, uh, and if there's not an area that they particularly wanted to or had a preference to go to, where there may be a need within the hospital to support certain departments. And so I guess the big takeaway here is that we want to encourage people who may be listening, you know, hey, if you feel that you have a servant's heart and you want to reach out and you want to serve God's people, you know, reach out to your local hospital and inquire about their if if there's a volunteer program. It doesn't hurt to ask, does it? It doesn't. And you would probably be very surprised how many of those facilities would probably open up their doors to say, we would welcome you to come in. And obviously, you'd have to work within some Yeah, we have no idea what the opportunities are right. at each facility at this moment. That is correct. But so, perhaps even beyond Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Absolutely. But I think that there certainly is very well possibly an, uh, an avenue uh, for others to do that if you're not... Uh, quickly located around one of the Cancer Treatment Centers of America, your local hospital uh, within your community. But we talk to a lot of volunteers on this show. Thank God for volunteers. And they and they, and they they give of their time. They're not paid in any way. And they and I can tell you, they are very loyal and dedicated. They show up. Uh, they're on time. Uh, they're looking for, what is it that you want me to do today? They're so motivated to help. They, they are. I, I'm thinking of one particular person that used to volunteer uh, for me in the pastoral care department 
department that she would come and um, help us with our worship services, that she would read the scriptures or that she would lead in song or she would help with communion. So uh, this is a great opportunity, and it ties right back into the scripture that we read earlier of being willing to spur one another on to love and good deeds. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not just inside of the four walls of our local church. As a matter of fact, may I take the opportunity to put this public service announcement out there? Okay. There's probably more ministry opportunity outside of your local church Mm -hmm. than there is inside of your local church. Just the thought of the day from Reverend McCray. (laughs) No extra charge? Yeah, no extra charge. (laughs) Okay. That was free. All right. All right. And this also brings up the fact that um, churches can spur volunteers to do good things. Absolutely. And so... And hopefully, and I would think that by and large, this is probably true of most congregations of either their their theological perspective or their their worship services of encouraging people to go ye into all of the world that, you know, go. You know, it's, it's interesting, Wayne, that we play the World Series and in the World Series, notice uh, where all of the teams are located, you know, from the U.S. Yeah, they're all from the U.S. And yet. All of most of the better players on most of the baseball teams are outside of the U.S. Yeah, a lot of them are. They're they're from a lot of other foreign countries. The point that I make is, if we're going to play the World Series, shouldn't we play the world? Hmm. Well, the scripture says, go ye into all the world, not go ye into only your local church. So we need to encourage, and hopefully people are being encouraged to step outside of the four walls of their local church and go out into the world. And what a great mission field, as I know is near and dear to your heart, uh, to any local community of your local hospital and and attending to the needs of the sick. Yeah, but if there's someone listening who says, well, that sounds interesting, but you know what? I don't have any special skills to be a volunteer. Well, again, this is not about any particular skill set as much as this is about a heart and attitude and an attitude to serve, obviously being willing to submit to some authority. You know, I've certainly have experienced a volunteer or two who thought that the hospital belonged to them. <laughs> and so they simply kind of just broke and violated some of the rules of the house. But being willing to submit to, you know, the basic rules of engagement within a local hospital, again, uh, not necessarily because of any particular great skill set or talent, but taking what you do have and who you are and offering it. Uh, to that local facility, again, I think many people would become very, would be very surprised that there is probably a place for them inside of their local health care system to support and to volunteer time to help people. Maybe we could encourage some people who are being moved just slightly in this direction, mm. maybe to pray about it, ah. think about it, maybe be bold enough to make that first phone call mm. to see if possibly this is something the Lord has for could them. Could be somebody feeling the unction of the Holy One mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, maybe you should pick up the phone and call or maybe just pop into your local hospital and introduce yourself and say, could I volunteer? I wonder, do you ever connect uh, present volunteers with people who are thinking about it so they can learn what some of the duties might be? I have never done that. I don't don't know if there is such a process. Could be a new concept of connecting people who are in the volunteer world with with people who are interested in doing so. So let's pray about that. Another ministry for us. Okay. All right. I thought we was going to retire. And how about this? The resource we're offering seven things you should know about cancer. This is a great learning tool. 
And perhaps it would be a, another first step you could take if you're considering an opportunity like volunteering to learn about cancer. And be, perhaps it would sensitize you to what folks are going through. So you can download this right now, Seven Things You Should Know About Cancer at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Once again, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Now, if you are a pastor or a church leader, I want you to also know about the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. Uh, This is meant to uh, develop in you an opportunity to learn more about this program, to learn what your church can do to get involved in cancer care ministry. You can sign up free of charge, and when you do, you'll receive access to exclusive online leaders' resources. There's information about training opportunities, ministry training opportunities, and there's a monthly informative email newsletter. I have a feeling you have a hand in that, person. Just a little <laughs> I bit. Bet. I thought so. Okay. Well, it's available uh, when you sign up free of charge, as I said, at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Look for the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page and sign up for the Ministry Leaders Network. Let's go back to the Bible. Well, let's close strong. We heard from a, a, a wonderful volunteer who felt encouraged that it was her duty to to gather and fellowship with individuals and provide them with encouragement. Listen to our scripture as we close. Hebrews 10, verse 21 through 26. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from uh, a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how, volunteering, giving of our time perhaps, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, but encouraging one another, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let us be mindful that there very well may be opportunities where we can serve and give of our time and encourage people to spur them on to good deeds. Thank you, Kathy, for your work and your labor of love. Yes, thank you, Kathy. Again, more information at healthhopeandinspiration.com. You can also check us out on Facebook at Health, Hope, and Inspiration. And thank you for subscribing to this podcast and passing the word along to others that we exist. Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Percy, thank you. God bless you. God bless you, my friend. And remember, keep chopping the wood. We've got work to do. That's Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We'll see you next time for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Hope and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. 
while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.